Hey, Augmenters! This is our final episode of this series and definitely one of my favorites. I loved meeting Jimmy's Pete, Pete Wilson, Jimmy's mentor for 15 years running. Not only did he have great stories about young Jimmy bravely walking into his office to ask for a job, he had great insights on how to give and share feedback over time. Sometimes it's the feedback that's the hardest to hear that is the most important and can set you on a path of growth and awareness. So settle in for a little musical inspiration and some great stories and wisdom. Here we go. But isn't that kind of one of the the beautiful things about mentorship in general is that if it's true and organic and natural, you don't actually immediately think of, like even when Julie and I started thinking about this, we were like, oh, who are each other's mentors? Uh, you know, who actually guided us. I mean, it didn't immediately go to, oh, Pete Wilson. Uh, that, that for me, just because you are so much more than just a mentor to me. You know, I got to be your date to one of your son's weddings, you know, like, like, and got to bring a date. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so that, uh, so, so I'm curious then in your head, like how, how did you even jog your own brain to be like, wait, what what are the cues that make me realize what a mentor guide is and then who were those people like like how did you start jogging? I came upon some uh, one that I had not thought of in many years who was profoundly uh, significant to me uh, Carlton Myers and Carlton Myers and he uh, has since passed away but he was a uh, music professor at the University of Maryland, and was my piano teacher. Mm, I heard you're a musician. And you I had uh, my entire early part of my life uh, had the goal of becoming a professional musician, composer, uh, and he was uh, the only uh, teacher, mentor, uh, in a profound way that uh, gave me the opportunity, the window into the professional world um, that I c- would never have had because the reality was I didn't have the talent uh, in terms of performance. He didn't discount the fact that my outward skill at the performance my outward skill in terms of memorization, my technical ability at the piano, all of the kind of standard metrics. Your merit. My mm. merit, yeah. The standard metrics. The yeah, the output was, even when I worked extremely hard, my output was, you know, very short of standards that one would expect. Um, and he did not discount me. He didn't, he didn't push me aside. He kept me as a student. He was one of the, his own career was, was rather illustrious. He was very good. And usually what happens is that if you're a very, you had a very high career, you only take the better students. Yeah. And I would have, it would have been most likely that I would have been pushed down to a graduate level type like student that would have just taken kind of the more remedial type pianist. Um, but he kept me. Mm. And, and, and so he saw your true merit was your hustle, your grit, how much you cared about what you were doing. He must have sensed that I could appreciate and I somehow had a feel for music 
that was I couldn't pr reproduce on the instrument. Um, I don't know how he sensed that, whether it was just how excited I got and how when he would, you know, go through the pieces, we'd go through the literature, and he would uh, basically deconstruct the compositions for me. And we, he would show me, he would play me passages, and he would explain what was going on with the composer and why these, you know, he taught me the language of classical music. And it was just, it was an amazing experience uh, to have him take that patience and that care for someone who on the outside, in terms of, you know, what other people saw, just didn't have what it took to, to, to become a musician. And he was really, it was significant. And it helped me, quite frankly, eventually, I didn't right away move away from music as a career, but it helped me eventually make that transition without feeling like a huge failure or, you know, that it had been a big waste of time because I came away with, like I said just a little while ago, I, I understood and loved the language of music. I, I completely got it. And I have all my life enjoyed classical music, and it's been a real source of of uh, a pleasure and excitement for me uh, ever since. So he was significant. I love me. this story so much because it makes me think of the idea as, as a mentor, like you're not just training for the next person to be the best X, Y, and Z, that when you are a mentor, you're really looking for that potential. And like, even me, I think I had shared this before. Like I was, I was, a, I was such a bad student. I actually got kicked out of school three times, three separate times. I failed. Well, I didn't know all three. Yes. Well, I got asked to leave three times and I had to, I did keep coming back. Um, and I had a seventh grade teacher who I was failing her history class. And she said, you know what? You really are not putting anything, like you just are not trying, which is actually what the problem was. But you also, um, are a phenomenal writer and like try to figure out how to do that. That's one thing you're good at. You're basically bad at everything else. You're a hot mess, <laughs> but like you're a decent writer. So like try to focus on that. And she was such a weirdo and I was so annoyed. But for years it always stuck with me because I went to school, which is very much like the B students get to be A students. Like how do you get the A minus students to be mm -hmm. A students? Or how do you get the kids that are going to go to Cornell to go to Harvard or whatever versus like the ones who are failing out? How do you get them to like pass? Um, so I think for us, like even thinking about with that mentoring, like how do we, you know, just share with people how important it is to like, coach to, or to like mentor to that potential it might not be exactly what you see at the moment so did you have to have Where hard conversations sit? with jimmy um only in uh uh i think i wrote him a job description or a job evaluation once that might have been a little um i think i remember that you know I, where i was trying to be pointed uh, but I think you didn't share it with the owner of the company and you just gave it to me. I think you asked for it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the owner of the company wanted it and I don't think they required it. And, uh, in the small business we worked in where it was a commercial construction company right. in Washington, D.C. and you kind of ran all the day to day and I did all the stuff you didn't want to do right. and <laughs> the boss was out. <laughs> Playing golf. Selling. Yeah, doing whatever he was doing. <laughs> he was, he was yeah. winning the club championship. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was golfing. Uh, no yeah, I do remember that because I remembered from my first job, I got evaluations only once. Right. And it's supposed to be every six months. So I came to you probably after nine months and was like, come on, Pete. How am I doing? Yeah. yeah. No, you pushed me on that. And I, I tried. How to, was he doing? So, so I you came tried back to, and I, don't. 
fucking bug me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't remember exactly what it what it was, but I tried to be. Uh, that that that, that was, was a it. case where I did try to be very you know like honest in what I yeah. had, what I was seeing at the time, or at least what I thought I was seeing. I don't recall what it was. But I, I actually remember. I one of, you probably do. I remember one piece that stuck with me, and I I remember where I was. I mean, I remember where you were sitting in that office with the with the glass, but like where you'd look out in the frosted right. glass, you couldn't see out. And I was standing up for some reason, and you stood up and said, "You were at the whiteboard or whatever," and you said, "Jimmy, like." There's there, there there's always there's two points you're just gonna start and you're gonna end somewhere and there's lots of ways to get between one and the other and there's no wrong way like a roadmap like a roadmap would you say uh, like a roadmap when you're out there exploring uh, or building consistency whatever it is there's lots of ways to get to the end but you are for whatever reason are really into trying to shorten that and go faster than a straight line. From beginning to end, <laughs> you're trying to to break the space time continuum. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, and like, and sometimes that'll be great, and other times you really need a different route, and you're gonna need to learn get better at figuring out when to not go in a straight line. And that like really hit me hard because I never one there was a compliment in there, right. which didn't make me feel small. Right. And then there was a real challenge, which right. I don't think you, like, I use the term challenge all the time now. But you really challenged me to, you know, think, think better, think smarter, not just work harder or faster. And I think about that all the time. And I think in construction, it's probably good to take your time. I don't know much about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> to go, don't I, you like no, skip across no, all no, those no, steps actually, and get to the whatever it's, it's all positivity. It's all warp. It's all warp speed. Trust yeah. me. But oh yeah, reduced number of footsteps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, do you remember saying that to me? No. Yeah. It was a good one. You had your eyes open the whole time, and you know you, yeah, were, it, yeah. you, were, you were moving your fingers around. <laughs> now I noticed that much more. It was great. That you brought it up last time. Yeah. yeah, those are some great points, though. Is you know not and even just as the beginning of our conversation before about this kind of coaching to this success or coaching to this sort of one version, and even for us as entrepreneurs, right? We've talked a lot about this. Is the idea of building a sustainable company is not always the idea of getting to 100 million in two years. Yeah, I, mean, or, I mean, Pete ran his own firm with. His, his beautiful wife, Kimmy, for a number of years. Yeah, and it's like, it's not, you know, it's not always about the rocket ship of success. And if you're trying to mentor people just to get to that one place versus having whatever. And, and we talk a lot about this sort of Venn diagram of like your personal, what you care about in life and how, how you want to live your life. And also what your professional mentoring is or what your professional life is as well. So how do you find maybe a mentor that complements both of that? But I do have a different question. Sure. I know it's something that perhaps we've talked about before, but I would love to hear a little bit about your first impressions of Jimmy when you first met him. Well, I remember that uh, actually fairly strongly because uh, it was unexpected. I was bored in the office. Um, <laughs> You're not supposed to say that out loud. No. Yeah, I, I was. I was. I was bored in the office. Uh, you know, he he just picked a good time to show up because um, I was not in the middle of a million things, uh, which which helped. It, it's mm, always, which feels it's, cosmic. It's always better to be lucky than good. Yeah, <laughs> and and typically my day was the early mornings were incredibly busy and then as the at the commercial construction company yeah at the com and and then there would often be a lull uh and i don't remember if it was in the morning or in the afternoon lull but there was usually it was the two, morning yeah that's what i thought yeah. it was it was there was a morning lull and that's when he 
came in. If he had come in in the middle of crisis and whatnot, I probably would have just shooed him away. Well, you, you know what's funny? But I needed a distraction. And he I, came in. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what it was. He was, for me, the initial response was, like, yeah, know, no, he could have been. He could have been selling magazines. I'm being lucky. I just showed up because at the engineering job, we work nine to five. Mm. So to me, if I showed up at nine or like 8.55, I was on time. But for Pete, that was, like our low was like, was like 5.30 to like right. 8.30. We were rocking. And then you're like, oh, things are fine for now. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's perfect timing. So yeah, and you just, just showed up at the door. Yeah, and I was I was you know looking for a distraction, and um, then he said he was you know interested in you know maybe a job or was curious about what was going on with this company, and and uh, I'm like, oh well, sit down, let's talk. And uh, uh, I obviously could see just because it was a cold call, he came in and he had good you know verbal skills and and. A, <laughs> And a sense of still humor, on yeah, still, you know, and a sense of humor, which, you know, you can, you can tell. And so I figured, oh, this will be kind of fun. You know, we'll just see how, see how far this guy goes see before, rolled in. before he just kind of starts stumbling on himself. It's like, this guy's got a three quarter cup of coffee. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. the time he has. You know, and uh, so anyway, so it was just, it, the conversation stayed engaging and my sense of, Fifteen years later, how are we doing? Exactly. My sense of Jimmy was that he 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 was uh, as interesting after the first half hour as he was the the, the first thirty years? seconds. Yeah, you know the, the first you know no, he, he stayed he stayed engaging. So I I uh, and then he left and you followed. Yeah. Oh no, I was very willing to to hire him. It was just a matter of of you know, talking to the owner of the company, uh, we needed, we were desperately undermanned. I, I respond to an ad in the paper. I don't know if I mentioned it when I showed up. I don't think I, you I did. I saw an ad yeah. in the paper and I came in purposefully thinking, don't ask for a job, ask to just learn more about the company right. because I was a design engineer. I wasn't actually building anything. Right. That's a great way to pitch the right. opportunity to get to know somebody better, yeah. just to learn more versus I'm here for a job. So... You were almost asking for mentoring before you even knew it, but you were really asking for a job too. Yeah. So. Well, it, it it's, it's it's a good point, uh, and it is not uncommon for uh, job advertisements uh, to not necessarily completely reflect what it is the companies are looking for, which is which is you know, and so the the fact that Jimmy didn't have maybe all of the boxes checked but the fact that he got in front of me he clearly had the chutzpah uh to to manage uh the type of work that we did and i kind of felt well if he's game enough to like try to go you know swim in the shark infested waters i'd be happy to send him out there <laughs> and uh, as long as he comes back in the dinghy every exactly, night you know? every comes back in the you dinghy, keep sending him out keep you know, sending him and, out give him all the things you don't uh, want to do I, I i could tell from our initial conversation that um following up on that analogy that if if he was out on a dinghy and he was getting in too much trouble, that he had the good sense to call me and to find out whether he was going to overextend the company or get us into big trouble or, you know, whatever it was. But it didn't take Have some guardrails. Yeah, yes. have some guardrails. Having some guardrails. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You know, he, he did have, have that. 
don't go too far exactly too wide. well and that's a you know i i did sense that with jimmy that he had the uh, initiative and a kind of free spirit but a respectfulness at the same time about where those those limits were he could be very free and and uh, uh creative within a within a boundary that felt legitimate for the type of work that we did in fact that you need you need that in in the role that we uh that we so had. almost like showing up 15 minutes late but bringing a giant bag of popcorn right so, exactly right. exactly we run time. We run time. We especially run time. the same kind of record. popcorn that we already had <laughs> but a really but big bag that's but a really big giant. bag you're gonna be also up to the next time we come back so my quest of this i love hearing the story so i appreciate hearing it because it's just great and i'm always just so impressed that you showed up in person which i think is just phenomenal it does not happen i mean i also run a virtual company so if somebody actually came to my home that would be a little bit terrifying but um i love so how did it evolve then from obviously you were jimmy's manager you know that's one kind of a relationship and how did you know that things were shifting beyond just that that you could see uh his interest in learning more from you and your interest in teaching more in him how did that evolve that was really just a function of the the work uh, becoming more complex, more jobs, uh, and my own role uh, increasingly taking me out of the direct project management role. I just day to day. Yeah, the day to day yeah. stuff. And it was also, quite frankly, a uh, recognition that one of Jimmy's skills, uh, and I don't know speaking from like a mentoring position, whether it was something that I ever explicitly, Jimmy and I ever explicitly talked about, but it was something that I recognized early that I was not as good at and he was much better at was that the direct client, I won't, I'm gonna use the word confrontation, but it wasn't really the kind of direct client interactions mm -hmm. about Mm, difficult issues, particularly budget and totally. or scheduling. Timeline. Okay. Yeah. Um, that Jimmy was more, he didn't have quite as much emotional baggage, let's mm -hmm. say. I was going to say baggage. Yeah. yeah. To, to confront or to just notify the client that, oh, this is a change order. Or, oh, it's going to be a couple weeks late. Or, oh, this isn't going well. Uh, that he could manage that respectfully, mm -hmm. um, but it didn't. He didn't. He wasn't up all night worrying about how to phrase that. Yeah. Okay. That's, um, not, that's true. And those okay. types of interactions for me were more difficult. Yeah. So I was happy to <laughs> unload that. Uh, and we were on, pretty. We were a pretty good team too. I mean, we grew the company at like sixty percent in like a year and a half. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So so yeah. so 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 we both had to, you know, kind of focus more on specific you know pieces of the work instead yeah. of kind of sharing it in the small. I mean, twenty five thirty person construction yeah. company. So each of you were really able to hone in on what you were able to do it, well exactly. and kind of complement each other. It, exactly. Well, well, Pete put the pieces in place. Yeah. I just kept showing up. And, and, you know, and telling people it, bad news they didn't want to hear. But you do it so charmingly with a big was, smile. I didn't know it was bad news. I just right. showed up in my, in my yeah. little shirt and tie every day. Well, it, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a very positive environment. And I felt... Um, uh, 
I was lucky uh, and, and loved having um, uh, a project manager that could, could manage those types of intricacies um, as, as well as Jimmy could. Uh, and it, it absolutely, like you said, we were able to grow the company. Um, it allowed me to focus on estimating and setting the jobs up in a, a more professional way so that when they got turned over to the field, there was, you know, they were, they were just going to run better and the company was going to make more money. So, so, so Pete, I got a question for you. You talked about with Carlton Myers, you never got kind of the, the negative feedback. Right. You only got the lack of feedback or positive right. feedback to keep right. going. And you already said how you gave me negative feedback upon request. Was there ever a negative feedback from somebody that you received, whether it was in a mentoring role or not, that impacted you positively? Yeah, well, it's interesting you should bring that up because the owner of the company that Jimmy and I both worked for um, had a lot of negative feedback. You know, <laughs> he was, I mean, he was you know, from the golf But he gave, he gave me some, early on, when you know, before Jimmy uh, was hired, uh, early in my tenure, um, he overheard a conversation that I had with a client. And he came into the office, and he was very upset. Mm. And he kind of demanded to know from me why I came across so apologetic about the news that I had given him. And he said that I was, you know, being too apologetic, that I came across as, you know, that I was groveling a little bit. Um, and he was just really pissed off and he didn't say that it was unprofessional that wasn't he didn't really care about that he said why were you doing that mm -hmm. he wanted to know why I personally was approaching this bad news let's say that I was giving a client and I felt like I had to make you know apologize or make excuses or or, or whatnot and, and bad news potentially client driven like client increased scope of work client whatever but it was bad news to the client because they didn't realize exactly yes. it wasn't it wasn't something that we as a company had done that created it it was either yeah. something that was outside of anybody's control or yeah. it was something that the client uh had 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 driven and it just he he basically said you know don't babysit the client just tell them what it is and stop and i at the time, I mean, I got it, I understood it, but it was the first time I had ever, and by this time I was, I don't know, I was probably in my 50s, okay, but it was the first time I had ever realized that some of my own, uh, let's say, emotional, you know, baggage or, you know, whatever words you want to use it, had how that was coming out and how I was interacting with clients in difficult situations. It had never occurred to me before that, uh, that my approach to problem solving sometimes was a little overwrought. Yeah. And it was, I, I was, I spent weeks trying to figure that one out and it was so, you know, my behavior was so somewhat ingrained in how I responded to situations. It wasn't, 
something that I could magically, you know, turn off the switch and, oh, suddenly I was more assertive or, you know, could handle those so better. Suddenly I, I eradicated the Oxford comma. From That's right, mind. exactly. <laughs> I eradicated Everything the Oxford the comma. Stop. Right. Full stop. Well, and I think, I mean, you're from but, the Midwest, and I'm too, so I get the Midwestern nights. Sometimes it's, it's hard, you know, those of us raised and, you know, we have a hard time saying these things these east coasters like you know are tough and they can just like yeah. full stop you know and we're like oh nice whatever says the woman from chicago who moved to Brooklyn. <laughs> i struggle with it too sometimes full stop um yeah. but did you find that that you changed your behavior like after that feedback or it, did you find that you still struggled with it I, I i struggled with it a little bit but it actually did help me because one of the things you do, although it was never verbalized to me, but I certainly knew what I was doing. Then when, you know, a year or two years later, Jimmy comes along, I'm like going, ha, I know he's pretty good at doing that kind of stuff. He is. He does it for me too. I'm going to let him deal with that. And I'm going to deal with the stuff that I'm really good at. So it, 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 it at least made me aware. Yes, uh, and, and it made me aware, which is sometimes a significant part of, of managing it. You're not going to necessarily overcome it, but you can manage those things. Um, and then it, it did, quite frankly, put me on the road to, oh, gee, I guess I'm not terrific at all of the business functions. I mean, I was pretty cocky because I was I was very good at a lot of different aspects of the construction, design, development, all of many, many of those aspects I was really very good at. And so it put a little bit of honesty, a little bit more reality check and like, no, Pete, there's actually a few areas where you're, you're, you're kind of showing shaky ground. And those are areas where you're going to need help if you want to move forward or go somewhere else. And that has you know, I mean, that's true. The idea of collaborative work isn't something that's talked about a whole lot, in, at least in the construction industry, you know, as, as I knew it. Um, uh, you were kind of supposed to all be really good at, you know, whatever it was you were going to do. But this was, this, working with Jimmy was the first really successful collaborative thing that I had, that I had um, uh, run into at least collaborative on a, on an executive type. So, Pete, I'm I'm curious. Before we get to one of my favorite segments, I want to ask you, you know, if if you were gonna say one thing to anybody looking to find a guide, a mentor, what would be like one thing that would be important for that that individual to keep in mind, or to do, or whatever, if they were out there looking for you know someone to assist them in their next step. That's a tough question for me because mentoring, you know, the concept and idea of mentoring is relatively new. Um, but I, th I think that the individual looking for a mentor, trying to find a mentor. Or, or even a relationship that's not social, romantic. Right. You know. No, I, I, yeah. I, I, I get that part. I, I think if they can identify in a straightforward way where what it is that they feel that they're lacking or that they're they're feeling that it's it's they're, they're being blocked or 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 shortchanged or uh, limited in, in, in for them to be self-aware enough 
to be able to verbalize what it is, where it is they think they need help. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's important um, because I think the whole, I, I think for the mentoring thing to work, it can certainly work accidentally. Um, but I think if it's going to be a little bit more consciously developed, okay, I, I think that having uh, the self-awareness and the ability to verbalize an area that they, they want some assistance, they want more understanding, they want more depth of field, let's say, you know, uh, that's what, I, you know, I, I think the more that they can, they can identify that. And then if they're just completely lost, that's fine too. But to just be able to even say that. Um, no. But I think that self-awareness is, is important. Hmm. Well, not much for me to say. Pete by far is my longest tenured mentor guide. Over the years, he has provided his perspective and advice to me on more topics than I can count and maybe more topics than Pete can remember. Our relationship has been so consistent that there are a handful of words and phrases that I just copied, such as cosmic or honestly, spiritual, and of course there's lame and rarely outdone the electric guitar concerto. Jimmy, do you have even an idea what that sounds like? Julie? What are you doing here? You told me I'm supposed to do the outros now. I know, but this is our final episode of our first Augmenter series. It's our 20th episode. And I think this one needs a little bit more gusto. I mean, we just wrapped speaking to our second Sweet Pea, and we really need more explanation than your usual performance. I mean, remember, wow, we've gone through our eight mentoring principles. We've been inspired by eight fantastic guests and use spirit guides and symbols to bring these critical relationship skills to everybody. I feel like, I feel like we need a little, a little more gusto now. I hear you. I, I do think we have found a, a bit of a new flow. Remember, augmentors mind like water. But seriously, we have had so much fun. And most importantly, if I can reference my dear friend, sister from another mother, Dr. Michelle Smirnova, Language Shapes Culture. And these metaphors can truly bring relationships to life. And talking with Pete today was perfect. There's nobody better for me to show how relationships transform. And Jimmy, speaking of transforming, we are super excited for our next season where we take our principal show on the road. I mean, it's not quite the caterpillar turning into a butterfly, but we are chatting with people from all different walks of life. We have all different professions. We have backgrounds. We got chefs and academics, entrepreneurs, actors. And they're going to share with us how they create a rising tide for mentoring and uplift themselves and others. So stay tuned, share with your friends, and keep in touch. And Jimmy, this has been so fun, and I'm so excited to keep going to shine a light on this important topic with you. And as always, if you want to help us on our mentoring journey, then please subscribe, because we all should ask for help. A big thank you to our producer, Erica Samus, for all her help in season one of Augmenters. See you soon. Thank you.